Hello, hello, and welcome to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive people who want to engage fully in the world, don't want to have to hide away, but also want to maintain their health and wellness and vitality. I'm Leah Burkhart, your hostess on the show, and uh, today, even though the podcast is about being healthy, I'm actually going to talk about the wonders of getting sick. Um... (laughs) Uh, I guess it's kind of funny that I'm saying it's the wonders of, but you know, it's one thing that I often say to, um, when other people ask me what it's like to be highly sensitive, I'll usually sort of jokingly say, oh, well, you know, it's just like being anything else. It's just, you know, we're no different than anybody else, except we have perhaps a tighter karmic leash. (laughs) So... You know, I was walking my puppy this morning, and sometimes she's great on leash, like this little pup. She's uh, She sticks next to me, she doesn't get easily distracted, and we're, we're jogging together, and she's great. Uh, it's harder for her in the mornings, though, because there's so much traffic around that she gets distracted, and she wants to chase the car, or she wants to chase the bird, or, you know, she's a little spastic. And when she's like that, I have to keep her on a shorter leash, because otherwise she goes out chasing cars and I can't really have her doing that. And, you know, as I'm watching her do this thing, it for whatever reason, it sort of jarred something in me and triggered the the sensation of what it feels like to be me um, when I'm behaving in ways that are counter to what serves me well, you know, what goes against what would make me healthy. So here, let me sort of pull this out a little bit. Um... The last couple of weeks have been a lot of movement. In yoga, or in Ayurveda, rather, um, there's the symbol... From their view, the body is sort of broken down into types, into doshas. Uh, There's vata, which represents movement, uh, the nervous system. There's pitta, which is representative of digestion, of assimilation of uh, purpose, and then kapha, which is the the containers of the body, um, representing, uh, you know, our ability to nurture, our ability to to contain, Um, as well as, you know, where water is situated in the body. And the West, we out here in the West, are known to be a highly vata-imbalanced society. So if you don't know the language of all of this and you're not really relating to it, that's fine. A simpler way of putting all of this is simply that uh, we are a movement-obsessed culture. We're constantly flitting from one channel to the next, one podcast to the next, (laughs) if you will, Uh, one book to the next, one idea, one job. Particularly in my generation, I'm, I'm just hanging out right at the cusp between Gen X and uh, Millennials. Or would it be Gen Y and Millennials? Mil- mm. No, I don't actually know. Um, but I'm just barely a Millennial. And so I've got one foot in the generation that uh, is more representative of my parents. This stoic group of people who worked really hard and you know, sacrificed for some end game, the end goal being retirement or the sense that if I keep working hard at something, eventually I'll reach the place where I get to enjoy my life. Uh, And the other foot hanging out with the millennials who have said, well, how'd that work for you? You know, hashtag 2008. (laughs) So this group of people who are saying, 
you only live once, you know, let's try and be creative. Let's be uh, in the present moment. Let's just enjoy what we have now. Let's be whatever it is that we want to be. Uh, a more entitled group, true, um, but maybe perhaps a more present group, so long as we're not caught up in the ADD that is the startup culture. So all of this is to say that um, right now in my life there's a lot of change happening and it's happening in the midst of a culture that is mixed, is pulling apart at itself and is not convinced of where it should stand politically, culturally, economically. There's just a lot of shifts happening in the bigger picture and there's a lot of shifts happening in my life. I'm going to be moving pretty soon. I'm going to potentially be, you know, I'm starting my own business. Um, I might be possibly changing jobs. There's, there's just a lot. So, uh, anytime that starts to happen, what I notice about my body is that I get less and less engaged with it. My, my sleep kind of gets a little more disrupted. I'm, um, how would I explain it? It's sort of, instead of me feeling like I'm in the driver's seat of my own experience and being, and being a participant in every decision I'm making, it's easier to get me hijacked. It's easier to get sidetracked. Um, it's easier for me to say yes when I should say no. It's easier for me to take on things that I really need not do. Um, and it's easier for me to get triggered. And the last couple of weeks, that kept happening more and more, but I wasn't really paying attention because I was too busy moving with whatever was happening. And add a puppy into that. Again, this new puppy, I've had her, what? Eek. We had her at eight weeks. We had her almost two months now. So she's she's adorable and I love her, but it's a lot to take on the responsibility of a puppy. It's like having an infant, it turns out. And I got sick. A weird kind of sick. It was a cold, but a flu, but a... Mm, I don't really know. I just know that I woke up with a sore throat and had absolutely no energy. I could not leave the bed, which I couldn't... I, I, here's what's interesting. The more that you work on yourself, or at least the more that I've worked on myself, what I've noticed is my relationship to getting sick has completely shifted. Uh, now I almost see it as a glorious opportunity. So I got sick and I was bedridden. Like my body was just, it refused to get out of bed. So I spent an entire day almost not having left the bed. My poor little wrist tracker Fitbit item, which is constantly nagging at me to move every hour um, on top of the whatever thousands of steps that I've committed to and <laughs> all of that kept buzzing at me. Oh, you haven't gotten out of bed yet. What's going on? Buzz. It's been another hour. Buzz. It's been another hour. And I was uh, utterly detached. And it felt so good. Sorry, that's my cat. She's actually sitting on my lap as I'm talking. Um, and then it stopped feeling good only because this rush of emotions just flooded into me and I was suddenly digesting emotions that I hadn't been paying any attention to over the course of maybe the last three or four weeks 
it wasn't all bad, but it was just intense. And so as I started to feel a little bit better the next day, I went on some walks. I was listening to audiobooks. I was listening to music. I was, you know, just sort of taking it all in. And all I could feel in the midst of, you know, obviously whatever emotions were coming up, one minute I was depressed, the next minute I was angry, the next minute I was lonely, the next minute I was jubilant. I mean, it was just a lot of of a roller coaster ride. Um, And then it kind of started to settle. Again, this is a couple of days of just being sort of bedridden and forced to slow down. And towards the end of it, I just remember feeling very grateful because that was a lot of junk that was just sort of hanging out in the back. You know that, have you ever been there where you're, you're putting garbage in the garbage can and it's getting full and you don't feel like taking it out yet? And so you keep sort of balancing and teetering and you know, you keep thinking you can handle one more thing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you put the one more thing on it and you realize, okay, no, really though, I just need to take out the stupid trash. <laughs> That's kind of how it felt. It felt like there was just a lot of garbage hanging out in the back there, stewing and sitting and I don't even know, like just becoming more and more stinky and icky and just, yeah. So I got to take out the trash. I had to process it and eliminate it. And this, as I'm talking today, it's, it's the upside to being a more sensitive person. And by that, again, I don't mean just, I'm sensitive. I just mean to having a nervous system that's more, that's, I don't know, more acute, um, more tuned in, or I don't even know how you would, I would describe it exactly. It's just that my nervous system seems to be more alert at all times. It's a bit like having a shorter leash. There are downsides to having a shorter leash. You know, I look at the people around me who don't identify as being highly sensitive, and it seems like they have more free reign to just do. You know, they can take on two or three jobs. They can go a longer period of time before they're floored or before they're knocked down on the bed and can't move. Just like, you know, my puppy who, when I push the button and her leash now can extend 15 feet or something. She's got more free reign and she in many respects looks happier. There's a lot about that that is appealing to me. But the upside to having a shorter karmic leash where my body just will not tolerate too much activity that is out of balance with what my system needs the upside to having that shorter leash is that I don't get run over by cars. You know, I I know when I've strayed to a place where, oh, I'm not supposed to go there. I don't get tangled as often. My limbs don't get as tangled up. My story doesn't get as tangled up, just like my puppy's limbs don't get tangled up with her paws when she's got a shorter leash. Um, so... And, you know, and something that I've noticed, just like with my puppy, when I'm taking her in a park and there's no cars around and there's no people around, and it's early in the morning, I take that leash right on off of her because I know her capacity to pay attention to me is greater. She's in an environment where there's not a lot of distractions. So it's like, okay, there you go. You're good. And because life is funny... As soon as I do that, she sticks right cl- right next to me as though she were on a short leash. She naturally wants to be near me. Or, in other words, she naturally wants to be sort of near a zone that is safe, that, that is um, 
I don't know if I'd say healthy, but you know, she, she naturally wants to follow along. And in the same way, when I'm in an environment that is calmer, there's less distractions, I feel like my own leash, my capacity to explore is greater. And it's like, oh, I can play now. That's cool. Um, so I guess when it comes to getting sick as a highly sensitive person, really, it's just that this leash that we're on, that we're all tethered to, and that seems to be shorter with highly sensitive people, it's not that highly sensitive people don't have the capacity to do exploration or try new things or do new things or be adventurers. It's just our system is a little bit more sensitive in that it'll click that button and snap us right back faster. The downside is I might get sick slightly more often when I'm out of balance. The upside is the sickness I experience is a warning bell. It's tolling to me. Hey, you, knock it off. This isn't working well for you. So I'm more likely to come back into alignment, get out of the metaphorical street, if you will, and again, be less likely to get run over because I wasn't paying attention. Or the version of that getting run over, if you're, uh, you know, in life might be, you know, I'm less likely to get cancer because my body won't let me go that far out of alignment. It, it just won't handle it. Um, so I just, the reason I bring this up is because a lot of times in wellness podcasts, there's a lot of talk about how to reduce the frequency of getting sick, how to stay well, how to keep your energy up, how to whatever. <laughs> and I love that. I think that's great. We should all be thinking about ways to reduce the frequency of getting sick. We're more productive that way. We tend to be more happy that way. <laughs> Our relationships are certainly better when we're not constantly fighting a <laughs> illness. All Everything's better and brighter and lovely. But I guess I did want to take some time today to sort of point to how helpful it can be to get sick. Like the experience of getting sick is really just the immune system saying, hey, buddy, there's something, there's an invader in here. You haven't been taken care of. You're defensive. You know, your shields are down. We have an enemy on board. We need to take care of this. Slow the F down, buddy. <laughs> and I so appreciate that because it's a terrific reminder of how far I've strayed from safety, from from wholeness, if you will. Being sick is can be a very important part of getting well. We need that experience also to juxtapose with how we feel when we're feeling great. You know, I in one of my classes in weight management, for example, a lot of times people will come in and they'll say, God, you know, I... I can't believe it just happened. I went off the deep end and I ate an entire packet of cookies. And I'm just so ashamed. I knew I had to get right back here into class and come back to lifestyle and, you know, reconnect. And I wanted, you know, when I talked to the group, I said, you know, these experiences aren't bad. When we go off the deep end, when we get sick, when we, when something happens to us that isn't according to plan, there's value in that because it's an experience and that experience gives us information. And what we do with that information is, well, entirely up to us. So I could get sick and then just sort of say, well, too bad that I'm sick. I'm still going to work. I'm still going to pulverize this to-do list. I could do that, but then I'm going to keep getting sicker. In the same way, if I were binge eating cookies, it's like I could keep doing this, and yeah, I'll probably regain whatever weight that I've lost. 
and didn't want to have. I didn't lose it. I released it and now I'm reclaiming it when I didn't want it and I don't need it. Um, or I could go, huh, that's interesting. What useful information. So what I invite you listeners to do when you're the next time you get sick and, um, you know, I hope you're not sick, but if you happen to be, instead of treating it as an opportunity to shame yourself, like, well, I must not have meditated enough. I didn't take in enough vitamin C or I didn't sleep enough or whatever it is. Instead of going to the place of, oh, now I feel bad about myself. Instead, move into the place of, what is this? What is my body trying to tell me here? What happened back there? What's going on? How can I use being sick as an opportunity to get well? Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about when you get a diagnosis of a terminal illness. I mean, that's a whole nother, that's not only a whole nother podcast, that's a whole nother novel. Like, that's a book. I am not trying to say, oh, let's just Pollyannify it all and make it all into a good thing. No, no, no. I, what I'm saying is, you know, when I'm talking about that illness that in your bones you feel like you're pretty sure you're going to recover from. And it's the kind of illness that's really easy to get frustrated about because, damn it, I've got things to do today. Instead of treating it like it's a problem, as it's a bad thing, treat it as just information. This is the upside to being highly sensitive. We are able to take in so much information from every experience. The downside is overwhelm, but the upside is a wealth of info, input. The average person gets sick and it's like, that's uncomfortable moving on. Highly sensitive person gets sick. I can tell you all of the nuances of what that felt like. I can tell you about the energy level that I experienced, the, the heaviness. It felt like being, you know, slogging around through deep mud or, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I'm moving, but everything is labored. I could tell you about the, the experience of my emotions where I, I wanted to cry and then I wanted to yell and then I wanted to, you know, be soothed. I wanted to ease into slumber. I want like all these things were happening and in my mind. It's like, oh, this is just all this junk back there that I haven't been allowing myself to digest. I've been allowing myself to get too busy. Oh, okay. I need to slow down. All right. I can slow down. That's fine. Like I need to reprioritize my priorities. <laughs> like I haven't been as diligent about my yoga therapy practice. I haven't been as diligent about um, keeping a meal plan in order. Like I'm, I'm losing sight of the things that are important to me. I haven't been as diligent about, you know, my podcasting, my blog posts, because I'm getting swept away by my other to-do list items and, and tasks. So when you get sick next, if you're a highly sensitive person, take this and use it to your advantage. Really dig into the experience. What is it like to be sick? What is it like in terms of your energy? What is it like in terms of your emotional state? Like what's going on? And treat it as an opportunity, a good thing, a useful experience to have. And see what your body is telling you to do. What are you being called to do? Or perhaps what are you being called not to do? Uh, Because, you know, getting sick, it can actually... Sometimes getting sick is one of the most effective ways to reach the destination of gratitude for health. Like there's no better opportunity to hurry up and get healthy than the moment that you've discovered that you're ill. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if you have any questions about this or um, if you are, you know, 
kind of curious about what I mean. What does it mean to be grateful to be sick? Or if you are sick and you're dying to get better, love to hear from you. You know, what is it that you do when you're ill? How do you experience illness? How do you get yourself well? What is your body usually telling you when you're sick? I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email at leahburkhart360 at gmail.com. You can also reach me at healthysensitive.com. Love to hear from you. If I don't, until next week, take good care.